0: Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by a special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Give Jesus a big clap. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for fire in Austin. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Who of you would like to get this copy for free huh who of you would like to get yes yes you know how to do it if we are lifting up our hands it's nothing get tired we have to do something amen the Holy Spirit is action The Holy Spirit is action. I was here many, many times, many um, uh, years ago. I was here in Texas. I was on my way to study English because I didn't learn English in school. And so I gave my life to Jesus and then he challenged me to travel into the nations and I was always on tour with a translator. And out of nothing, a prophet from Bulverdi here from Texas showed up in our ministry and said, You have to go uh, to, uh, to America to study English. So I did it in the beginning of the 90s. And uh, so one day one of my friends showed up and said, You have to go to the University of Austin. And I thought, what shall I do in a university? And uh, finally, I drove up here to Austin. I got lost with my wife. And then I saw this university in Austin. I said, oh my God, where is the room? How can I find the people? And finally, uh, I arrived and I preached a little bit about, um, yeah, you can change the world with your life. And the Holy Spirit fell down. The next day, we walked on the drag. And I saw so many Uh, Runaway kids in those days, and I said who is taking care for those runaway kids? And there was no one who took care for the runaway kids in those days So I went back to Germany and I thought that's it. Texas is behind me but God spoke to me about Texas. God spoke to me about this nation, this city and uh, So we trained some missionaries and they came and this was very interesting for us Because sending missionaries to America. This is strange. (laughs) You know, this is really, sending missionaries to Africa or Asia or the poor countries, South America, Central America, to poor areas. This is something. But sending missionaries from Germany to America. I told this to some leaders in Germany. They said, Walter, you are crazy. They don't need that. (laughs) They don't need missionaries. They have everything. They have the biggest bookshops. They have the best Christian bands. They have largest churches. They have preachers they're so anointed they don't need you and I said what shall I do God spoke and I have to follow his advice so so simple is it and uh, so we showed up here and uh, I'm so glad that Marisha and the team is here and I really believe God will show up here in Austin because Austin is so different Texas is one thing but Austin is different you know what I mean If God can reach, if God can touch Austin with the fire of God, he will reach the whole United States. (laughs) Amen. I want to read one scripture from Luke 2. And uh, this this is so important to understand. Mary was pregnant with Jesus. And... Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist. And one day, uh, Mary got this idea to visit Elizabeth. And uh, so as soon as they, 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 they met each other, something happened. There was a response of John the Baptist in the Mother's Month. He started jumping, you know, because he was confronted, he was in touch with Jesus in the mother stump of, uh, of uh, Mary. And uh, so then Mary started to prophesy. It's a wonderful, wonderful prophecy. And she said, God will leave the rich people empty, but He will fill the hungry with His goodness. Yeah. To receive the fire of God, I mean the real fire not only some spots. If you will receive the fire of God, if, if you will receive really the power of the Holy Ghost, you must be hungry. Yeah. There must be. This is the condition. Being humble and hungry. I know hungry people. I know hungry people around the world. I know starving people. People, they don't have anything to eat. People, they don't know how to live, how to survive the next day. So when we're going into the different nations, we're going to such places, you know, very, very poor and broken people. And I tell you something, when I worship Jesus in Germany or here in the United States or wherever in the Western world, when I worship Jesus, I really like it, but I always, I always think about such a people. Really, such a people. I will never forget my first, first mission trip when God spoke to me about the nations. I ended up, uh, I, w- I, w- I went to China and I ended up in the Philippines on a garbage dump, Smoky Mountain. 180,000 people. Very, very poor people. A very, very bad smelling place. A lot of children. with all kinds of sickness. I saw, I saw rats bigger than cats. The, the, the whole garbage dump was was full of smoke, and bulldozers from the from the government. They were digging after the the organizing the the, the garbage, and this was also the playground of the children. And every week, two uh, seven eight children, they died under the wheels of those bulldozers. A terrible place. When I when I saw this place, I saw I thought, oh. We, 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 are, we are good. We are helping the poor and the needy in Germany and some other nations. But when I arrived in that place, I was really shocked. I was really shocked. I was so close to getting culture shock. And uh, so suddenly I saw so almost 20 young kids running after me. Dirty. Full of these little animals, you know, lice. Yeah running after us they were screaming hey joe (laughs) they called all the white people joe (laughs) and they were running after us and they with, with the brightest smile you know they they shouted very loud welcome on smoky mountain and i said oh my god what a different world in germany the kids they have everything they have iPhone, they have computer, they have their own room, they have enough food. They have all kinds of very expensive clothes and shoes. And they, they, they are almost naked and they have so much fun, they have so much joy. And they have us on Smoky Mountain. And there was one little girl, she was, she was faster than all the other kids. She was, she was looking after me. And I said, oh my God. I saw... Her desire was to jump into my arm. And I said, God, I, can, I can't do this. You know, this girl was so dirty. A running nose like a waterfall. Yellow stuff flew out her nose. Open wounds all over. A lot of animals on her head. And, and I said, God, I can do this. I was really close to give up. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. If you can't love this child... Go home and forget everything. Let's get real here on the garbage dump. So I said, okay, Lord. And she jumped into my arm. I won't forget this. She kissed me on both sides of my face. She hugged me. And then she slipped down. She took me by her hand and she brought me to her family. And they lived in a very, very poor house, a hut. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, see, it's so easy. It is so easy to bring God's love to the nation, to bring God's love to the poor, to the captives. And I said, what do you mean, God? What does it mean? And he said, you know, she never asked you, are you a doctor or do you have any other title? She never asked you how much cash do you have in your wallet. How many credit cards do you have in your wallet? How many different languages do you speak? What kind of education do you have? She was only interested in one thing, to be loved. The Holy Spirit is the power of love. And there is a world outside this building and outside America. There's a world there waiting for you. They are waiting for your fire. They are waiting for your passion. They are waiting for all this. And maybe this is way too high for you, but this is our passion. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the fire, then only because we know it's not only for us. It is to give away, to give away, to give away. Yeah. You know, when I, when, when, when I grew up in Germany, after the Second World War, my parents, they took me to church. And they tried to train me into a good Christian. And I tell you, this was so boring. It was so boring. The music was boring. By the way, church music is always boring. I don't know why. (laughs) We try, as a church, we try, I I know this for more than 40 years, we try to be good like the world. We never made it. We We have to catch something original from God. And this must be different. If, God, if, if, if the beetle could, could touch the world until now without the Holy Spirit, boy, our God can do better. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Our God can do better. He's a great God. He's a super God. He's in charge of the whole universe. Yeah. And he sees you. And he's in love with you. So I went to church and my parents, they tried to bring me to church and I said, Oh my God, this is so boring. The most boring day uh, in the week was Sunday morning. Ninety minutes. Oh, it was like six, seven hours and (laughs) it was so boring how the pastors were dressed. It was boring. Their talk was boring. The music was boring. And then Monday to Saturday, they lived completely different. On Monday, one leader of the church was beaten up his wife and his children. And I said, no, I don't want that. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Come on. And so I grew up. And when I was 14 years young, I said, God, I don't believe in you. But if you can, catch me if you can. This was my first serious prayer. Catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. I really, this was my first serious prayer. And uh, I thought, if, if, if God is real, then he must be really angry with me. He will, he will bless me with sickness or with a car accident, and I will end up in a wheelchair. You know, my picture of God was like a policeman in heaven looking about you with his glasses, and when you are doing something wrong, poof, <laughs> but nothing happened. Nothing happened. And I cut a long story short. For the next 10 years, I lived complete without God. I became a hippie. I became a drug addict. I became a drug dealer. I became a criminal. I was deep, deep involved in occultism. I was deep, deep involved in Indian mysticism. I went to jail, to prison, and the police was chasing me. I lived in different hippie communities all over Europe. In 10 years, not one Christian showed up and said to me, You know, there's a good God, He has a plan for your life, and He's so in love with you, you can believe how much He is in love with you. Not one in the Christian continent, Europe. There are so many people, even in Europe, there are so many people here in the United States, there are so many people all over, they have no clue about Jesus, who He really is. You know? And uh, after 10 years, I was so, so broken, I was so burned out. I saw my friends dying to my left and to my right on overdoses, heroin. I thought, I have, t- I have to do something with my life. But I didn't know what. And I thought, hmm, I will sell a lot of drugs, I will make a lot of money, and then I will spend my money in India on the beach and Goa or California, South San Francisco, this was the hippie maker, and... So, I went to Spain, I was on my way to Morocco, and I spent all my money in Spain in some weeks. Everything was (laughs) And then I had to go back to Germany, and I ended up in Munich in a discotheque. And God showed up. If you pray, catch me if you can. He's preparing something very, very, very explosive. (laughs) So, I was in that discotheque, and I was really depressed. I sought to commit suicide, things like that. And then out of nothing, a friend of mine showed up. He never left my hometown. He was a city freak. You know, people, in never leave the city. It's amazing. <laughs> the Christians, they never leave the church. So I saw this guy, you know, and I was amazed to see him in Munich, far away from my hometown. And I said, what are you doing here? And he said, he was shaking his head, and he said, I had to leave. I said, why? All our friends, they talk about Jesus. All our friends, they are carrying big Bibles public over the street. They talk about Jesus the whole day into the discotheque. They talk about Jesus, 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 Jesus. I watched him, I thought, he's on LSD. (laughs) He's not normal, because I knew my friends. They were rock musicians, they were crazy, more crazy like me. They took drugs also for years and years and years. And I thought, if this is the truth, I have to, immediately I have to drive home and I have to save them, because this is dangerous. (laughs) Reading the Bible can be dangerous. So I, I drove home, I went to my girlfriend, she's now my wife, and I said to her, is that the truth the, that my friends are reading Bible and talking about Jesus in the discotheque? And she said, yes, 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 you cannot go there anymore. It's, it's terrible, it's, it's, it's terrible. So I went to that discotheque and my best friend showed up to the same time. He was a bass guitarist and normally he was, was dressed with all kinds of occult jewels around his neck and. So he he showed up with the largest Bible what I ever saw in my life. (laughs) A big antique book. Yeah, he was was walking like this. (laughs) A big cross around his neck. He saw me, he smiled, and he said, Walter, good that you're back. We found the truth. Oh. (laughs) I said, what? (laughs) We found the truth. I said, what is truth? Jesus Christ, I said, are you on LSD? Did you take too much LSD? So I walked with him into the discotheque. On every table, on every table, in every corner, young people, hippies, were reading the Bible, talking about Jesus. And I felt a little bit comfortable because the music was still okay, you know? (laughs) The music was still okay. The Rolling Stones and Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix. But I could not believe what I saw. Really, I could not believe what I saw. And they talked to me about Jesus. Ah, this was so crazy. And I said, wait a minute, this is dangerous. I said, who did that to you? What priest, what missionary, what evangelist, what what kind of pastor came to destroy your life? And they said, this has nothing to do with church. Oh, I was so glad to hear that. <laughs> I said, who in the world influenced this, this Jesus? And they said a name, Gerd, a German name. And he was well-known. He was a drug addict. He was well-known organizing occult parties, satan parties, satan music. Really dark guy, really dark guy. One day, he was looking for an occult book, and he found the Bible. (laughs) He opened the Bible, and he jumped into the first miracle of Jesus, where he changed water into wine. (laughs) And I tell you, he was attracted. He said, this is cool. If this is real, then I have to find out how he did that. (laughs) So he was so motivated to read more about this Jesus. (laughs) And then he found out Jesus could walk on the water. Ah, he was... He was so amazed and he found out Jesus multiplied food and Jesus walked from miracle to miracle to miracle and he became the evangelist for all my friends. He he never gave his life to Jesus. God has his plans. He used him. He used him to start a revival in my town. But I told them, don't do this. Stop reading the Bible. This is dangerous. And they asked me, why? What do you mean with it? I said, if you read too long the Bible, then you will go to church one day. (laughs) You will get married. You will go to work. You will enter a complete boring life. You will cut your hair. You will listen to different music. And, and, And they said, no, 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 Jesus is the truth. They moved away. I was so glad. I was so glad to get rid of this Jesus people. I did not know that in those days there was a Jesus people movement all over the world. A sovereign touched by the Holy Spirit upon people in the secular world. It was not created by one church or a mission organization Holy Spirit fell upon a whole generation, a lost generation. And so many of them got saved, sovereign saved. And so many became later leaders in the church. So they moved away and they, they started in Germany, the first Jesus people community. And then from time to time, I got some news. Now they got baptized. I said, oh my God. <laughs> And then they went to church. And I said, oh my god. So I was really wild on drugs for two years more. But then I organized one day, I organized a wild drug party. Wild. And I invited many, many people in our community. And in the morning, I woke up as a hopeless drug addict, complete captive on demons and darkness. I woke up in the morning. In the middle of the night, it was wild. It was a wild party, naked woman, sex, all kinds of drugs. It was wild. It was not a nice place like here. It was not a holy place. It was dark. And in the middle of the night, out of nothing, I thought about God. I realized I'm done. I thought about committing suicide again. I thought, that's it. And out of nothing, I started to pray. And I said, God, if you are real, I need you right now. I didn't lift up my hands. I was not so holy. I didn't pray like the Germans, you know. No, no. It was a hard cry inside of me. I said, God, I need you. If you're real, I need you right now. I'm done. I cannot get rid of those spirits who come in my life to taking drugs. And I did not know what to expect, but Holy Spirit came. Paul, a, a, such a strong encounter of God. Paul, he hit me. I tell you, it's hard to explain, but I realized in seconds I will never, ever take drugs again. He showed up as a deliverer. Jesus is a deliverer. This book is a book of freedom. And if you call yourself a Christian, a disciple of Jesus, and you are addicted, something is wrong. Because Jesus, Jesus Paid a high price for you and me to deliver you of every addiction. Yeah. So he showed up as a deliverer and I realized I will never take drugs again. After that, I never took drugs again. But back to this experience. The next thing what happened, he baptized me with his love. My theology was born in a second. Not only my freedom, my theology was born in a second. My theology is very simple. It's not complicated. God is not complicated. Yeah, right. It's very simple. God is love. Yeah. That's it. God is love. Boy, I was so baptized in his love. You won't believe that. And the next thing that happened was well, he baptized me with his peace. I found out he's a prince of peace. And I talked to him. I said, God, can I keep that peace forever? Is that possible? And it's still there. It never, ever left me. So I was overwhelmed from this encounter with God. And then I thought I have something to do with it. What do you do with all the blessings? How often do you, like, do you like to go to church? Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed, be blessed. What do you do with the blessings? What do you do with it? And I thought, what can I do with it? And my girlfriend, my wife of today, she was in the same house, complete hooked on drugs. So I was looking for her. And that took all my power together. And I said, Irene, she looked at me. I said, you know, she said, what is? I said, God is in the house. <laughs> I thought she will beat me in my face with, because she, she grew up in an atheist house. And she looked at me with the brightest smile and she said, I know. Oh. I know. And I'm leaving tomorrow this hippie community. And I want to follow him. Wow. I don't know about you, but I'm leaving tomorrow. Wow, what a miracle. Yeah, then, then I thought, God is in the house. By the way, God is in the house. You don't have to wait for somebody's placing his hand upon you and you will get healed. If God is in the house, healing is in the house. Right where you are. You know, I was in one meeting. I have to tell you this. I was in a meeting like this in South Germany and one guy was... I said to him, Sir, I answer your questions later. And he said, I don't have a question. I said, why are you doing this like in a school? Like a... He said, because the Holy Spirit told me to do it. I said, for what reason? And he said, the Holy Spirit said, if I'm doing this, he will heal me from my Breathing disaster for my breathing sickness, because I have to sleep with a breathing machine and I have bronchitis and my lungs are very bad condition. And he said, if I'm doing this, he will release me. And I said, what happened? He said, something left me. I can breathe like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, the whole family showed up. So happy. And his wife told me, first time After years, my husband slept without a breathing machine. One day I preached here. It was a nice Sunday service. Ron, Ron Parrish was the pastor. I was ready to leave this church. And a girl showed up. Very handicapped very handicapped she walked on crutches she stopped in front of me she said pastor can you pray for me to pray for somebody is easy and i looked upon her and i said what happened to you and she said i had an accident several years ago a car hit me and i had to go to the hospital and the doctors they fixed me but everything was my my bones were broken my muscles were cut I was in a terrible condition, the doctors, they did a great job, but since then I have to walk on crutches and I'm always in pain. Can you pray for me? And I said, yes, I can do this. But I have a question. Who prayed for you over the last period of years? And she said, almost every guest speaker. And I said, oh my God, now it's my turn. (laughs) Why do you have the Holy Spirit? Because He is your helper. And He gives you advice how to act in such situations. You have to study the life of Jesus. How close He walked with the Holy Spirit. He got always advice. He moved always in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You have to study the life of Jesus. So many pastors, leaders, they asked me, I never read that. And I said, I'm saying to them, what kind of Bible do you have? (laughs) And there was this girl, beautiful girl. And I said, can you do me a favor? Can you take your crutches on your shoulder and walk? And walk around this place? And she said, pastor, I can't do this. I will fall down and I will be on, on the floor and I will be in pain and... And I said, oh my God. I said, please do me a favor. Can you do this? Take your crutches on your shoulder and walk. You don't pray for me? Sometimes we are so religious. (laughs) We pray for people and so often nothing happens. And Jesus never said, go and pray for the sick. He said, go and heal the sick. Study your Bible. Study the life of Jesus. I pray for people in my home. I pray for people. But if I'm confronted with sick people, I have to find out what God will do and how he will do. And I thought, she shall, shall take her crutches on her shoulder and walk. Finally, she did it. Yeah, and then she, she went down. And I, oh no, my God. Oh, oh, oh. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me it's not about you it's about me and it's about that girl is not about you and I looked at girl and she got up and she carried the crutches all around f- boy boy the Holy Spirit And then I said to her, go home, nail your crutches on the wall of your room, and tonight you come to the second service without crutches. She showed up, completely healed. Hallelujah. Some months later, I got a large envelope from Texas with a lot of x-ray pictures. She went to the doctor, yeah, we have to take serious. And she went to the doctor, And everything was perfect. Hallelujah. I said to my wife, God is in the house. I thought I have to do something with it. Now my wife, she made an experience with God. I made an encounter with God. So I turned on the light. I turned off the music. And I gave my first message. I was just radical born again a few minutes ago. And I gave my first message. And I screamed in the whole house, God is in the house! (laughs) I got so rejected. (laughs) Amen. Turn off the light and turn on the music. Oh, not again, this Jesus, stupid Jesus stuff. Don't do it, you will end up in the mental ill hospital. <laughs> so we left the next day because Jesus was in our life. Yeah. I got my first Bible the next day. I thought I have to find out if there is a happy end in the Bible. If not, I don't like it. <laughs> I started reading the book of Revelation. And I found out on the end, everything will be fine. I thought John, the Apostle John, was maybe on drugs, but doesn't matter to me. (laughs) I changed my life immediately. I changed my life immediately, immediately. I shared the gospel on every corner with all my friends. From one moment to the next moment, after more than 10 years... I had to go to work (laughs) because I needed money no drug selling anymore no stealing anymore and to me it was really clear I don't go to work to earn money don't do this you're way too valuable for that I thought I go to work to share the kingdom of God and to share the gospel. And this was another big company, almost 200 people. In two weeks, I was done. I was done with the gospel. The big boss, he knew Jesus is alive. The people in the offices, they knew Jesus is alive. The lowest workers, they knew Jesus is alive. When I showed up early in the morning, very exact in time, they said always, every morning, our Jesus is coming again. I was so proud of this title. They could say also another hypocrite is with us. They didn't do it. My wife, she experienced the same in another shop. So we had long talks with people about Jesus. Long discussion. But I found out this is not the way to save people. I tell you something. The highest quality of worship. I like to sing songs. I mean, we brought worship to all over the world. It's wonderful but the highest quality of worship is to crown Jesus with the harvest. That's the reason why he showed up and died on the cross of Calvary. It's all about souls. This is the highest highest, highest quality. So no one gets saved and 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 we really suffered. We really suffered. And one night we went down on our knees and we said, "God, what is wrong with us? No fruit." No fruit. Later I found out so many Christians, they never think about it. They have no fruit of salvation. And we went down on our knees and somebody knocked on our door in the middle of the night. I opened the door and I saw Jesus is in the door. A long hair, hippie, long blonde hair, long beard, blue eyes. He said, I'm a prophet. I said, What? you are a liar. (laughs) They are all dead. And he said, but God has given me a message for you. I said, what message is it? And he said, God has placed his hand upon you. Oh, this is wonderful. When God is placing his hand upon you. Mm, That's something. I liked it. I said, oh, this is good. He said, he placed his hand upon you, and he will give you a great harvest. I like that. And then he said, but you have to quit your job. I said, when? Immediately. I said, what about money? He said, oh, God is taking care of you. You shall open your door. You shall open your fridge, your wallet, your house. And most of all, your heart. And he will give you a great harvest. I was shocked. This was serious stuff. I thought I'm a believer. In the same moment, I found out I'm not a believer. I'm full of doubts. And I became religious. I was very young with Jesus, but immediately I became religious. I said, do you have scriptures for that? Another excuse is always, oh, I have to pray about it. (laughs) And he said, yes, I have a scripture. I was shocked. He opened the Bible, Matthew 6. Don't be concerned about food. Don't be concerned about your dress, clothing. Seek always first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness and he will give you everything what you need and more than that. Don't be concerned about tomorrow. Are you concerned about tomorrow? Hmm. Today is the day. Today is the Lord's favorite day for you. You better listen. Then he left. I experienced my biggest crisis in my whole life with Jesus. My wife, she quit her job. I came home. She said, did you quit your job? I said, it was not the right time, you know. (laughs) It was not the right time for weeks. (laughs) And finally, by the grace of God, I made it the same week. The first guy asked me, how can I give my life to Jesus? He was full on drugs he was demonized, he was really dark and I said I don't know no one ever asked me this question <laughs> yeah and I said to him you know what, in my Bible it's written we're two or three together, Jesus is in the midst, so I will talk to him my wife will talk to him and then you can talk to him and then everything is fine that's evangelism and he did it. He gave his life to Jesus. And then after it, he was free and he cried and he laughed and he cried and he laughed. He was so happy. He was so, I was so happy. Oh, I got addicted in the same night on souls. Yeah. I thought, this is so much fun. And then I found out there's joy in heaven. Angels having a party when you are bringing one guy into the father heart of God. And then he shocked me. He said, can I stay with you? I said, for what? <laughs> and he said, I have no idea what it means to me to follow Jesus. I want to watch you. I said, 24 hours a day? Yes. <laughs> and revival was born. A revi- revi- every day people got saved. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Every day. When there was one day without salvation, we fell down on our knees and we cried to God, God, forgive us all our sins. What is wrong with us? And this was so normal to see every day salvations and not people from one church hopping to the next church and hopping to the next church. No, 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 no. The real harvest field. It was awesome. It was really awesome. The police came. They found out. That we changed our life, and they didn't believe it. And they searched for drugs, and all, they found only Bibles. And <laughs> we ever evangelized them seven hours. <laughs> the newspapers wrote about us. They they believe that Jesus freaks in in our town. They believe for everything, for everything. They pray for food. They pray for everything, and they believe and they experience Jesus in a new way. So this, it was awesome. We had to rent other other apartments. But then, after some months, something was not okay anymore. I was so tired. My wife, she was so tired. And uh, I said, God, dear Jesus, I have to tell you something. You are lucky because you left planet Earth after three years. And I have to stay here more than three years with you. How can I survive such a life? Staying together every day with homeless people, with drug addicts, with witches, with mental ill people. How can I survive this? I felt like a valuable iPhone. If it is empty, if your battery is empty, is a valuable iPhone useless? And I felt so empty. I never, I never heard about Pentecostals. I never heard about baptism in the Holy Spirit. I never heard about charismatic movement. No idea. We still believed this movement is the movement of the end time. No one was connected with any other church. This came later. And I thought, there must be an answer in the Bible for our problem. There must be an answer. And I opened the Bible and I jumped into the book of Acts 1 verse 8. Wow, it jumped into my heart, into my face. You will receive power. And I, oh, that's it. That's it. I will receive power, God. I will receive power. I said, I got it. I have the answer. And they said, but how? I said, I don't know. (laughs) Let's pray. It's always good. So we went in the presence of God, we said, give us power, give us power. Nothing happened. Somebody said, maybe we have to read Book of Acts in once. Maybe then the power will fall. So we did it. Nothing happened. Somebody said, we have to read Book of Acts backwards. (laughs) Nothing happened. A whole week, we were begging God, please give us The power, we need the power, we need the power. Nothing happened. And out of nothing, Saturday afternoon, boom, Holy Spirit hit us. Oh, man. (laughs) Poor, the fire of God fell upon us. They slain in the Spirit. They started prophesying. Until that moment, we never sang a Christian song. We never did that. When we went on the streets for evangelism, we played Rolling Stones and Jimi Hendrix, and then we were anointed, and then we went on the streets. <laughs> One day, a Christian showed up, and he said, "You cannot be a real Christian because you, you you don't sing." I said, "Why shall we sing? And what shall we sing?" And he tried to teach us a song. Oh, this was so funny. But he left. He left, and he said, "They are not a real Christian." So when the Holy Spirit hit us, worship was born spontaneous worship. We call it today spontaneous worship or prophetic worship. So we got baptized in the Holy Spirit for three days and three nights. We got drunk in the Spirit, laughing in the Spirit. It was, it was overwhelming. It was awesome. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, they broke through. And my wife, she started singing in other things. and I said, "Oh, I hope she's not back again on LSD. Yeah, yeah. I was scared about this. I was scared. Everyone got baptized in the Holy Spirit except me. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Not so funny. <laughs> I was here. There was an invisible wall. And here was the presence of God. And I said, God, what is this wrong with me? Something must be wrong with me. I cannot enter. What is the reason that I cannot enter? And he said, it's your pride. I said, God, no. <laughs> Let's be serious. I said, God, no, it cannot be because I was the first who got saved. I opened, I opened my, my apartment. I quit my job. I took care for the last three months of all those crazy people. You are wrong. <laughs> no. God is always right. It doesn't matter what He's telling you. He's always right. I fell down on my knees. I wept and I cried and said, God, forgive me. This is the last thing what I would like to have in my life. And the Holy Spirit told me, You have to believe like a little child. This is the life lesson for you. You have to believe like a little child. And the Holy Spirit hit me. And I joined the move of the Holy Ghost for three days and three nights. I tell you, this changed my life. And until now, I don't know what was more valuable to me, my salvation or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Since then, since then, We are moving in the Holy Spirit in Germany and in the nations. We are moving in the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, later I found the church and uh, they told me, we don't understand you, but being baptized three days and three nights, it happened in 10 minutes after the service. I said, hmm. And I was so glad to meet Heidi Baker many, many years ago. And she told me she was baptized in the Holy Spirit in Toronto for seven days and uh, seven nights. And I said, okay, this is the right way. (laughs) Since then, we are moving in the Holy Spirit. And Austin needs the Holy Spirit. We don't don't need nice services. We We don't need nice Christian culture. It doesn't change America. It doesn't change your family. It doesn't change a city. We need a real, real fire of God, of the Holy Spirit for this nation. And I tell you, I tell you, this will become dangerous. You will be persecuted. People will get up and they will be against you. They will call you fanatic. They will call you too emotional. They will call you a sect or whatever. They will give you a hard time. Look the life of Jesus when He showed up from the first moment on, the religious spirits, the people with the religious spirit, they tried to kill him. From the first moment on. they tried to kill him. They never understood the move of Jesus. Never, ever. And if this was necessary for Jesus to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, how much necessary, how much more necessary is it for you and for me? Amen? You know, he showed up when he was baptized by John the Baptist and he came out of the water. The Holy Spirit fell upon him. The dove found a landing place and stayed there until he went to heaven. And many Christians, they experience, yes, the dove will find find a landing place upon you. But after 10 minutes, like a bird, bye-bye, bye-bye, you know. The anointing of the Holy Spirit will be constantly upon you. Always constantly upon you. When we believe Jesus in the house, He must really can more than have nice people listen to a message. Or singing songs. Or listen to some testimonies. I was in a meeting... And as soon as I stepped on the, on, the, on the stage, a guy came down the aisle. I like those services. He came down the aisle, and he screamed. He shouted very loud, almost a big crowd like here. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm not a Christian. I'm going to be crazy, but I see around this guy, him and me, I see a lot of angels. I turned around, I didn't see one angel. And I thought, maybe he is mental ill or something like that. And the security service tried to catch him, but they couldn't. So he moved in front of the stage, and then he was shaking all over. And he said, I see angels, angels, angels. I'm not a Christian. I'm going to be crazy. What is going on here? And I said, who are you? And he said, I'm a Muslim. And I said to him, Are you ready to receive Jesus in your life? He said, yes. He fell down on his knees. He received his life. He received Jesus in his life. Then another guy came down the aisle. And the Holy Spirit told me, shake his right hand. Catch his right hand. So I tried. He threw it away three times. Fourth time, I was faster. I got him. (laughs) And then he screamed, Fire! And then he was, he was there with his finger, you know. I said, this is, a, this is a nice service, I like that. What is he doing? I said, what are you doing? Yeah, I had an accident, a car hit me, my arm was completely damaged, the doctors fixed me, but this finger was, was not movable anymore. It was like a stick of steel. And you, you shake my hand and it was so hot, now I can move the finger. I said, who are you? I'm his friend. I'm a Muslim. <laughs> are you ready to give your life to Jesus? Yes. <laughs> Two other Muslims showed up, received Jesus. There was a businessman in the first row. A businessman. A German businessman. Think about this. Yeah. A German businessman. Very serious looking guy. Jumped up upon his chair. In front of all the people. And he started moving like this. <laughs> and I started moving like this, then he jumped down and jumped, he jumped up. He was, I said, sir, what's going on? He said, I don't know, but next week I have to go for surgery. My back is, is, my back is very, very painful and I'm, 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 I'm sick for years, but something touched me tonight and I'm completely healed. I don't need any more surgery. And he was completely healed. Forty people confessed healing without touching them. Seven Germans came down the aisle and gave their life to Jesus. When the Holy Spirit is upon you, oh, it will make a big difference in your life. A big difference in your life. You know, in our services, we also have Saturday night services. We just finished our service and you started it. It's very interesting. And we have four-hour services, sometimes five hours, no time limit. People get so drunk in the spirit sometimes. Opposite our house where we have our services is a police station. And we are in good connection because we are working with a lot of crazy people. And one day the police officer, he showed up and he said, Walter, I have a question. Are you sure that you don't drink any alcohol or take your drugs in your service? I said, why? <laughs> we see people walking into the service and they look very normal. But when they are leaving the service, <laughs> they, they're walking on their knees and their hands and they look like very drunken people. <laughs> they try to g- come in the car. It doesn't work. Then they laugh. They're falling down again. So what is going on with you? I said, please come and join us. He showed up. I said, oh God, don't do it too wild. (laughs) So he was here and the Holy Spirit came. People around him were slain in the Spirit all over. And he was there for four hours. I went to him. I said, sir, how are you? And he said, I'm fine. I said, "What, what do you think about this evening? Very interesting I said, no, 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 I want to I wanna hear something better. What do you experience? And he said, I don't believe in God. But if there is a God, he must have power. And I experienced power tonight. I have to think about it. The power of God, the power of God. The power of God brought us to, the, to, to, to Mongolia. The power of God brought us back to the to Manila. The power of God brings us into the, the nations. It's it's all about the power. Without the power of God, you can't do anything. Be serious. You can't do anything. Eddie. <laughs> Could you come? saw you in the restaurant I saw fire upon you and the Holy Spirit told me you're a fireman and tonight when you walked here down up and down the, uh, the, the stage I saw fire upon you I saw fire on your feet and this fire was spreading out all over I saw fire in your hands I saw fire flame upon you Hallelujah. It's okay, it's okay. He's a big man. You know, do you know the Toronto movement? I was there in the beginning. (laughs) And I was an Anglican priest from London. Uh, Enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. There was an Anglican priest, and his church, they saw he was so tired. And they financed everything, said, go to Toronto, be refreshed. And he was there every evening. And so many people, they got blessed with the Holy Spirit, but he was like a German, like a German oak. Nothing happened. And one evening, the Holy Spirit hit him. Boom! And he hit with his head a chair. And poof! He had a hole in his head. Blood came out. It was terrible. They had to call the ambulance. They took him to the hospital. The next day, he showed up. With a white turban. But he looked different. He was not anymore like a German oak. He smiled. He smiled. The leader showed up and said, what happened to you last night? He said, it was wonderful. (laughs) The leader said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to bring you to the hospital. It can't be wonderful. He said, yes, it was so wonderful. But when I look at you, Mr. Turban, what is wonderful? Oh, it's so wonderful. He said, tell me, what is wonderful? And this guy said, it's better. You are injured here and your heart is healed than opposite. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is so, you must be hungry. You know, when I preach in India... It's completely different. They would, they would immediately, they would boof, jump up on stage and I have blue footnails because they jump on my feet. They're grabbing after me. Even in Mongolia, they talk, It's like they're killing me. They are so hungry. they are real hungry. You know, I preached in, in Germany, and then I'm done. I preached in a soccer game stadium, 25,000 people, Sunday morning. It was very hot the owner from the soccer game stadium said, you can use this stadium, but don't touch the grass. Because in two weeks, the soccer game season started and if you damage the grass by an alter or whatever, you have to pay $250,000. Fine. I was preaching Sunday morning. God TV was there. I was preaching for 10 minutes, opposite the stage, a girl jumped over the fence, and started running over the whole field. Security service tried to catch her. (laughs) TV was looking after her. All the people were looking after her. Some people, they tried also to jump over the fences, but security service was very good. But this woman, she was running and running and running over the whole field. You can see that on on, uh, Bluetooth, uh, on um, YouTube. With with Bluetooth, yeah. (laughs) 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 And... And she, she arrived on stage, and then she slain in the Spirit for the next six hours. I was really interested, what is going on with this woman? I said to her, what in the world made you to jump over the fence on Sunday morning? And she said, I was on my way to church, but the Holy Spirit told me, go into the stadium. And I enjoyed worship, and then you started preaching, and the Holy Spirit said to me, jump over the fence and run. I did it, and I tell you, in those six hours, she was completely healed from her, healed from her past, physically healed. She got a call for mission for this. She was, she was overwhelmed from the Holy Spirit. So this is a nice story, but I said, God, what is, this? What is it all about? And he said, I will send a hunger to Europe. I will send a hunger into the Western world and they will run, they will run, they will run and they will receive the Holy Spirit and I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and I will send a revival on planet earth. Never happened before. I tell you, we will see harvest what we'll never sow before. Let's go up and on our feet, yeah? Can we stand and pray? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are ready to receive tonight, come quickly forward. I want to pray for you. If you have received the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is, this is for you. This is for Austin. This is for Texas. This is for the United States. But this is also for the nations. Amen? This is for the nations. So lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your eyes. Lift up everything and worship Jesus in your heart. Worship Him, worship Him, worship Him. And be humble and receive and receive and receive and receive. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Shh. Shh. Oh. 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 Ho Be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Receive it. Receive it. He's upon you. The Holy Spirit is upon you. The Holy Spirit is upon you. He's upon you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Say yes Lord, yes Lord, it's about me, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, more Holy Spirit, more, more, don't control the move of the Holy Spirit, welcome him, say welcome Holy Spirit, welcome 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 he's touching your feet he's touching your heart he's touching your hands it will getting very hot in your hands it will get it will be very hot in your feet if it's getting hot in your hands you can be sure he will use you to heal the sick to heal the sick hallelujah thank you jesus can you place one hand upon your head one upon your heart. Yes. yes. Shoo. 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 And declare with me with a loud voice: the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor and give blind people's eyes to see to deliver the captives to encourage the discouraged to declare this is the Lord's favor upon me this is the year of the favor upon me use me Lord Send me Lord. Use my hands. Use my voice. Use my feet. Use my heart. Use everything what I have that you give me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And now can you turn to your neighbor? Place your hands upon your neighbor and speak to him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. It's upon you. It's upon you. It's upon you to preach the good news to the poor and give blind people sight back. Yes. Yes. Oh. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.